All right, so how's everybody feeling? I would guess uh, pretty divided. <laughs> Some of you are feeling uh, happy this morning with the election results and uh, new president-elect uh, Joe Biden, and some of you hear that and you feel kicked in the stomach. <laughs> and uh, I understand both sides. So I want to bring a word that hopefully will encourage you if you're feeling down today. And I want to bring us back to some reality. I want to bring us down to a reality check. <clears throat> um, it's been an interesting week, uh, unless you've been, if you're, well, even if you're not an American, but especially if you're an American, and you cared about this election, you cared about the future of this country, uh, you probably, like most of us, were glued to your television set watching or your phones watching returns, looking for when are they going to announce who the president-elect is, who, who's won the election. And uh, so I want to share some of my thoughts, but I want to start by saying um, let's get grounded. Wherever you at, you are at in this, uh, whatever, whatever skin you have in this game, whether you are thrilled and excited that uh, Joe Biden is president or whether you are sick to your stomach at the thought that the Democrats are taking over, whichever side you're on in the debate. Let's just take a deep breath. Let's remember we're all Americans and let's get a little bit grounded because here's the reality. Your life, my life is going to go on uh, tomorrow, Next week, next month, after January 20th or 21st or whenever the inauguration is, your life is going to go on. And the person that has the most power to control what happens in your life is you. You have the most power over your own life and over your own future. And the political trick is to convince you that you do not have as much power and control over your own life and over your own happiness as you believe. To make you dependent upon them, upon their agendas, and here's the really sad part, to make you afraid. <laughs> so here's the thing. Whatever happened and whatever happens this is not something, and I'm speaking to my friends that were supporting President Trump. I'm going to be speaking to them mostly today. This ain't the end of the world. Be of good cheer. Be of good courage. Your life will go on, and you are still responsible for what happens in your life, for the most part. You're still responsible. Now, there are things we can't control. We're in the middle of a pandemic. I've got my COVID beard. I haven't had a haircut because um, I've been on quarantine uh, four out of the last six weeks because I keep getting exposed. Uh, so that's, you know, it, it feels like last spring to me again. So there are things, in fact, uh, impacting and affecting our lives that we have no control over. But for the most part, you're going to have to get up and go to work. You're going to have to raise your families. You're going to have to... Um, do what you do. You're going to face the problems that you're going to face, and you're going to have to face them. But see, one of the things that we, when we feel powerless, and here's the problem, because the political system can make you feel powerless. And when you feel powerless, when you feel insignificant, then you have a tendency to want to find somebody to blame. If life doesn't work out the way you want it to, you want to find somebody to blame. 
And who better to blame than a idea, an ideology, or a group of people, or an us and a them? And this is where I want all of us to think, think through some of this. So that's the encouraging part, and I'll get back to that. I saw something this week I never thought I would see in the United States of America. I saw a sitting president of the United States of America stand up and tell the world that because he lost, the election had been stolen and the election was fraudulent, that he had won because he was winning on Tuesday night. And he put that out to the world. Now, some of you may not appreciate the gravity of that, because maybe you've never been to developing nations that are struggling to get their own democracies together. But those of you that were part of New Day Church when we were a church, if you're still out there listening, I think there's maybe one or two of you. Um, but those of you that were around us in 2008, 2009, you'll remember that we were involved in Cote d'Ivoire in uh, the west coast of Africa, and we were involved in Kenya. And I think 2009, maybe 2007, I don't remember, uh, Cote d'Ivoire had their elections. And it was, there was corruption everywhere. There was bloodshed. There were people taking the streets because they believed that the election had been stolen from them, and they were killing their neighbors. We had pictures of the mass graves. A year or so later in Kenya, you remember our friend Bishop George Gitana had members of his own church because, again, a corrupt election, genuine corruption. See, this is what corruption looks like in an election. And when the other side believed that they had lost unfairly, they came out People who had been babysitters for Bishop George's children trying to invade his compound and kill him because he was on the opposite side. Not because their guy didn't get in, but because they felt cheated that it wasn't a free and fair election. Remember that? Remember that? We have a history of 240 years of free and fair election and the peaceful transfer of power. We have Russian friends. We have friends in Russia. Uh, they have a joke. They have an election. You may not realize this, but they're a democracy. They have an election. And Putin wins every year, every time. And there's a joke that goes around in Russia that says after the election, the um, guys come in, the advisors to Putin come in and tell him we've got some, some bad news and we got some good news. And he says, well, give me the bad news first. And they said, the bad news is, Mr. Putin, you have lost the election this time. But the good news is you're still the president. So in America this week I saw a sitting president, 
act like he's not an American. Like he's not aware of the consequences or potential consequences or the potential violence. And what is even more troubling to me and more disturbing to me is I saw his followers fall right in line with that narrative. And let me tell you something. I, I, I just got to wonder if you're falling in line with that narrative. I'm going to tell you this right now. You have not been paying attention. And I don't know what your information source is, but you got to understand something. The first network to call Arizona, even without Pennsylvania, put Pennsylvania aside. All Joe Biden needed was Arizona and Nevada to get to 270 electoral votes. And the first network to call Arizona for the president was Fox News. If you turn on Fox News all week long, they had a higher electoral count for Joe Biden than they did for President Trump. So if you think because votes are being counted after Tuesday night or votes, quote unquote, came in after Tuesday night, you don't know how elections are run in America. Now, my mother, God bless her, God rest her soul, worked every election I can remember as an election judge. I'll explain that in a minute in our little community whether it was the big ones like the presidential election or just some local election, she worked it. Oh, yeah, let me let me come back before I get in too far into that. So Fox News count calls Arizona. So at the Arizona precinct where people like my mother are working to count the votes, working to ensure the process, working to ensure a free and fair election, and you've got MAGA supporters outside with guns, with automatic rifles, chanting, count the vote, and watch this, watch this, Fox News sucks. Fox News sucks. Conservatives, you, you got some, you got some explaining to do. And then, and then they're, 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 they're shouting, count the vote, count the vote, count the vote, count every vote in Arizona, because that's where the, they thought the president had the best chance of winning. And then, especially in black neighborhoods like Philadelphia and Detroit and, and these other states where he's ahead, they're saying, stop the count. And there was a report that came out on Fox News, Fox News, state-run media, not, not the other networks, not fake news, CNN. There was a report that came out on Fox News because the president was tweeting, and I've been watching his Twitter feed all week. He was tweeting, stop the count, stop the count, stop the count. I've been, I've been cheated. This, this election's been stolen from me. Stop the count. And there was a report from state media, the state news network, that his handlers had to get around him and explain to him, Mr. President, you're behind right now. If they stop the count, you lose the election. You need to quit telling people to stop the count. The President of the United States, gang. So he changes it to stop the fraud. But somebody had to tell him. This is the most blatant 
self-serving agenda I have ever seen, and it's not coming from the liberals. And don't think for one second it's because, oh, Aaron switched from his conservative principles to his to becoming a liberal, because that's not me, and that's not what happened. I'm just one who tells the truth. And it just bugs me when people believe a lie. So let's get back to my mom. So my mom worked every election, from the, the big presidential elections to the smaller local elections. And... And then she worked at the courthouse where they counted and certified the votes. So let me tell you something. Even in smaller communities like the farming and rural community that I grew up in, the vote count was never total on election night. Never. Because the polls would close at 7 o'clock and they would turn the, the, the ballots in and they would be counting for at least a week, those votes. And, and, and why does it take that long? Why does it take that long, Aaron? I'm glad you asked. Because there is a process in place to make sure that it is a free and fair election. And let me tell you something. The people that are out there ensuring that it's a free and fair election are your neighbors. They are your brothers and your sisters. They are your fellow Americans. And when the press, sitting president of the United States stands up and says this is a, 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 a stolen election, you know damn well it's because he does not lose well. And some of you don't even care about that. You just need, you're so afraid of the Dems. You're so afraid of the Libs that you don't care. And, and, and I got to ask you, is there a line you will not cross? Is there a line you will not cross? So here's the thing. Free and fair elections happen because of people like my mother who are counting votes. Now, I, I digress. Let me come back. So then I started working elections. So I worked the 2012 election. Let me just give you a, a little idea how this works, all right? I worked the 2012 election. And my job, my whole job, was to receive the ballot from the voter, walk it over to the machine, and stick it in the machine, and see if the machine would spit it out. If it got spit out, that meant it was a vote that wouldn't count. And I, my job was to take the ballot back to the person and say, this vote doesn't count. And here's why. And give them an opportunity to change it and then put it in the machine again. And they got three strikes <laughs> and three opportunities to get it right with someone there to help explain it to them. But now here's the thing. Now, now that was rare. For the most part, I just took the ballot, walked it over, put it in the machine. Now, here, here's the interesting part about it. There was two of us doing that job. Now, you'd say, Aaron, you know, how could it possibly take two people to just take the vote and put it in the machine? Because in every election, in every precinct, there are rules to a free and fair election. And there had to be two of us, there had to be two of us, <laughs> one Republican, one Democrat, so that we could keep each other accountable. Now, while I'm doing this in little old Pueblo, little old Pueblo, Colorado, behind me, there are people who are required by law to be a certain amount of feet away from the electorate and the voting process, but they, but they were uh, 
observers from the other party. They were what we call poll watchers. So, so here's the thing. So you got election judges, you got poll watchers, you got, uh, on top of that, the candidates, their campaigns have the right in America and the opportunity in America to send their people to any precinct in the nation where they think there might be corruption and observe the process. So that's just a little bit of the checks and balances about how it works. About how it works. To make sure that every vote counts. To make sure that everyone has a voice. Now, if you're going to steal an election, let, let's just let's just presuppose, because this is another thing we don't understand. If you're going to change an election in the middle of an election, if you're going to change the results, I saw videos of people supposedly marking in ballots and sticking them in the box. If you're going to change the result of an election, statistically, statistically, it does not take hundreds or thousands. It doesn't even take tens of thousands. It might make a smidge of a difference with a hundred thousand in one area, one precinct, especially these bigger areas. But if you're going to change the results of an election, even a close election, you're going to have to manufacture millions of ballots. Millions. On the spot. That would take a massive, coordinated effort involving tons of people for a long period of time. You see, if you think that the Dems, the Libs, the Biden crime family, I heard them called, can manufacture votes, Johnny on the spot, to steal an election, you're more dumb than I thought. Like you just are not thinking. You are not thinking for yourself. So here is my issue. A sitting American president who's a sore loser is out there saying that the election was stolen from him. And he's using fear and manipulation to try to actually steal the election. The very thing, and this is what narcissists do. He is a narcissist, gang. He fits all the criteria. Ask ask uh, uh, those of you that are local that I may be talking to, because I suspect you're about the only Trump supporters that are still listening to me. But ask uh, Michelle Colarelli, because she's got her doctorate degree in psychology. Uh, if it's not obvious that the man is narcissistic. And this is what narcissists do, gang. They project. They project. So what they're trying to do, they project onto other folk. That's just the way it goes. So here's the issue. Here's the issue. The reason the counts change, people say, well, he was leading by so much and then the counts change. Here's why they change. Because we had an unprecedented mail vote that the president months ago was trying to stop and halt. Because he was trying to tell you Russia's going to steal the election, China's going to steal the election. How? How are they going to do that? Well, they can send in ballots. Again, they have to send in millions of ballots. 
If it's going to be difficult for the American people to manufacture, where's the factory manufacturing those? Because it would have to come from a factory. Where's the shipment coming from of those votes if it's coming from Russia or China? Or if it's being done domestically, where? In the sewers? Because it takes a massive coordinated effort to be able to do this. Do you get it? So you have mail-in ballots that were being counted. And the president told his supporters, do not vote by mail. And then sowed the seed that the mail-in ballot would be corrupt. Go to the polls. So in a lot of places, in a lot of rural places where the president won by 90% and stuff like that, people voted at the polls. But the vast majority, the vast majority of people in Pennsylvania, because I was watching the, the mail-in voting numbers as they were coming in, the vast majority of people in Pennsylvania that voted by mail were Democrats and independents, three or four to one when I was looking at the counts, because that was one of the few states that showed whether it was Republican or Democrat. Now... Because of a Republican legislature in Pennsylvania, the ruling of a legislature, they said you cannot start counting the mail-in votes until the day after the election. So you had millions and millions of ballots that couldn't be counted until the day after the election. And you have a sitting president telling you that it's fraudulent. So... That's the first thing. And here's here's what I, I need to say. I need to say this to my friends that, that support Donald Trump. I know we don't agree, but don't think I'm not conservative and don't have conservative values because that's not true. I just don't I just was not behind this president. But where do we draw the line? It, as a decent person, where do you draw the line in your own decency, the way you treat other people, the way you think about people, the way you think about your fellow Americans? The way you think about your neighbor and feel about your neighbor, where do you draw the line of decency? Because I've watched in four years that bar get lower and lower and lower and lower. It wasn't enough in 2016 when the president was talking about Mexicans coming over the border who were all rapists and murderers. It wasn't enough that he was mocking the disabled reporter. Remember that? Remember that? Mocking, publicly mocking. Okay, we'll, we'll check mark that one. It wasn't enough that, um, let's see, what else did he do just in the election? Uh, yeah, you, you remember the big one, the Billy Bush tapes or whatever, whoever that guy was, where he says, uh, talk about married women, how you could just advance on them like a bitch. You could just advance on them like a bitch. You just walk right up and kiss them. You could even grab them by the pussy because when you're a celebrity, they let you do it. So that wasn't enough, so we lowered the bar there. But now we're going to tolerate a sitting president taking a dump on our democratic process and not only be okay with that, but get behind it and support it. I really got to question who you are at the core of your essence, at the core of your being. I really got to question your character. No longer does it become about politics for me. Because this is the foundation, because this is the foundation. See, see, okay, let me let me do it this way. 
you're out there saying if Mexicans are going to come in, they just need to come in legally. They need to come in by, by uh, uh, the, the rule of law. Okay, agreed. With the Black Lives Matter, I mean, you sat there and watched a man, George Floyd, get suffocated while people are recording and watched him slowly die. If you've been paying attention before that, you saw white supremacists and a former cop literally hunt down and shoot Ahmed, uh, uh, Ahmed Aubrey. I think, I hope I have the name right. On video, he's jogging, he's unarmed, and three or four good old boys show up in the back of a pickup and gun him down. And by the time the narrative gets twisted and distorted, all you can think about with Black Lives Matter is Antifa. Are you serious right now? And you know Antifa means anti-fascist, right? Right? Anti-fascist. Dear God, Lord help us in this country. Now, here's where I want to encourage you. Like, like, I guess my question is, where do you draw the line? Like, like it, it bothers you more that the Black Lives Matter uh, folks on their website, it bothers you more that they're, uh, the, the, I think the founding uh, members were uh, lesbians? L let me tell you something. You don't get more disenfranchised or marginalized in this country by, except by being a woman of color with a different sexual orientation. But th that, I digress. I mean, it upsets you because they're, they're socialists. They're socialists. So their socialist agenda bothers you more than watching George Floyd get suffocated and you can't get behind Black Lives Matter because of that? You, you need to do some soul searching. But when we start undermining our American democratic process, and let me ask you this question. If you were watching TV last night, uh, those of you that could stomach it, there was celebration in the streets like I have never seen before after an election. There was people dancing and celebrating, yes, in a pandemic. Yes, no, they weren't social distancing. Yes, they were taking their chances. But it goes to show the level of oppression that people felt, the level of minimization, the level of, of, of being disenfranchised and wondering, does my president have my back? Is, does my president even want me here? And, and, and let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Because here's, here, was, here was Trump's playbook, gang. And I'm sorry, I have to expose this. And then I'm going to encourage you. Because you believe, because Joe Biden won, that the far left of the Democratic Party is going to take over. And you think they're going to come take your guns. And you think they're going to come make this country completely socialist. And you think we're going to become like Venezuela. And you're genuinely afraid. And I get it. And I probably turned you off by now. Because I want to speak to you and let you know, none of that, that is all... Gang. You've been played. I'm sorry. I tried to tell you in 2016. I tried to tell you in 2016. You're being played by this guy. And I'm sorry you got played. But your life is not going to go down the shitter because Joe Biden, who's a centrist, got elected president. 
And you think that he's just going to be controlled by Nancy Pelosi, and you think he's going to be controlled by AOC, which I'm going to talk about that in a minute, but you think he's going to be controlled by Bernie Sanders and the far left of the Democratic Party only because you've been listening to Rush Limbaugh and Glenn Beck and Sean Hannity and and fake Fox News, because they are the worst ones of much. Do you realize, do you realize that within the last year, Fox News, uh, Tucker Carlson got sued, in a, had a defamation lawsuit, and you know how he won that lawsuit? This is on record. You can check it out. You know how he won? His own lawyers, Fox News' own lawyers said, no one in America takes Tucker, could possibly take Tucker Carlson seriously as an accurate source of news. Everybody knows he has inflated opinions. Basically, they said, nobody in America doesn't see that Tucker doesn't lie on a daily basis. And they won the election, and that was their own defense. That was their own defense. This isn't something the deep state's pumping out. If you believe in a deep state, if you believe in a cabal, I got, I, I can't help you. You are so far off the deep end. You are so delusional. You are so deceived. I got no help for you. You, my brothers and sisters, need to take a long, hard look in the mirror. Because you got some real problems. Because you've been brainwashed by a group that just wanted your vote. Didn't necessarily even care about you. Now, here's the thing. In order to unite people, the best way, the cheapest way, not the best way, the quickest and cheapest way to unite people is with a common enemy. Now, I know you guys get upset when there are comparisons between Donald J. Trump and Adolf Hitler, but the fact remains the man is on record as saying Mein Kampf is one of his favorite books. The man <laughs> used... The German playbook. Make America great again and then find a people group that is marginalized that you can, that you can uh, mobilize hatred towards. And in 2016, he picked the Mexicans. Watch. I want you to watch the strategy. This is important. Stay with me. He picked the Mexicans. We're going to build a wall and Mexico's going to pay for it. Why? What did, what did Adolf Hitler do? You're oppressed right now because of the Jews. You're oppressed right now because they're taking what rightfully belongs to you. And he was able to mobilize people who wanted to make Germany great again because that was their slogan. He took the slogan right from the playbook. And he said, you are economically disempowered because of these foreigners. That's exactly what Donald Trump did in 2016. Exactly what Donald Trump did in 2016. And he, and he, but it was the Mexicans coming from across the border. So there was the racism. And I'm sorry, but you fell for it. And you need to take a look in the mirror. I know I'm probably losing friends. I don't give a shit. Because this isn't about politics for me anymore. It's about what kind of a human being are you? It's about what kind of a human being are you that you're going to stand behind and support a president who's a sore loser and just took a dump on what we should hold most sacred in America. Now, I never I'm, I'm all over the place. But let me get back to this. Let me get back to this. I, I got I, I, I digressed with Black Lives Matter. Because I, I, I got lost in my thought. But let me come back to this. You say the Mexicans, they need to come over legally. Agreed. You watch George Floyd die, and then we're interested in whether or not he was on meth. 
Like you saw he was subdued. Let's let's dig up dirt. Let's look into his background and see if he was a criminal. And so then you say, then you say, well, if you would follow the law, if they follow the law, the cops would just leave him alone. Right. And in some cases, I agree. If they'd be following the law and, and not George Floyd, I'm not talking about I, I'm, I recognize that there is uh, a problem there. So please stay with me. When I say agree, I'm saying there are people, white, black, brown, Native American, that would probably be alive today or not be in prison today or not be in jail today if they were following the law. So my point is law and order, like your president was tweeting out for months. Okay? The democratic process... A free and fair election is the heart of law and order. And you got a sitting president taking a dump on it. And I see your hearts and your likes and your your Facebook posts out there. You you need to you need a gut check. I'm sorry. I'm telling it like it is. You need a gut check. Because that's a bridge too far for me. That is a bridge too far for me. Because at that point, you're, now, now we are tearing at the very fabric of our nation. And to me, I'm going to say this, and I hope it pisses you off. I hope you wrestle with it. It is un-American. You've been out there flying your American flags. You've been out there saying, make America great again. And I don't know. You know, Maybe you don't think that, that this was taken or whatever. But I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Somebody's got to speak up. Somebody in the Republican Party's got to speak up. Now, let's come back to democracy. Because you think that you think... That, that you Trump supporters think that, oh my God, it's over, it's over, we're going to become a socialist nation. Gang, we already are a socialist nation in many ways. The socialism and capitalism is not a binary issue, it's on a spectrum. And we live in corporate socialism. And just because you, you realize that the UK, you've got freedom in Europe, you've got freedom, you're not the only free country in the world. All right, I digress. Let's come back to the foundations of American society. Let's come back to what makes us Americans. The idea that we are all, hear me, because I want to help you. I want to help you because conservatives, my friends, my family, I love you. But you, you, you are off your rockers. You are absolutely off your rockers. And you've been played and you've been manipulated. Because... Let's come back to our foundations. I want to invite you to come back. I want you to invite you to do some really deep soul searching and come back to the basic principles and foundations of America. And that is that we believe in a world. We believe in a reality where all people are created equal. All people are created equal. All people are created equal. The foundation of it is the equality of every individual with certain unalienable rights of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That's the philosophy of America. That's the foundation of America. That you And, and if you love America and you fly your American flag and you say the Pledge of Allegiance and you served in the military, then the foundation that you are upholding 
the principle that you're upholding above all else is not socialism or capitalism. The principle that you should be upholding above all else is not Republican or Democrat. The principle that you should be holding up above all else is not small government or big government. It's not... It's not left or right. It's not liberal or conservative. The primary principle and the foundation of America is equality. It's the endowment of every individual with certain unalienable rights, the right to pursue life, liberty, and happiness. That's what you signed up for. That's why you fly your flag. That's why you voted in this election. And you should be proud, America. You should be proud, America. Because you've had the highest turnout of any election ever in history. And it makes sense in the midst of a pandemic. You had the greatest turnout in the history of our country. America's voice was heard. And we should love the democratic process and love our country enough that that is where we draw the line. There should have been complete outrage around the president saying, no, Mr. President, there should have been Republicans in every district and house saying, you are out of line. They should have been coming out immediately and saying, this is the foundation of our democracy. Yes, but they don't think it was a free and fair election. Okay, explain how that works besides a few people in some precincts fabricating votes because it's not enough statistically to change it. And there is no proof. And even if there is, there's a democratic process. There are the courts. Remember 2000? Remember that? Remember the hanging chads? Remember who won? Your guy. Your guy won. So there's due process. Let this thing run out. They should have put him in check. It's a bridge too far for me. Now come back to this, though. Every American, I want you to listen to me, every American, every person, every person created equal. Every person with certain unalienable rights, and our laws are meant to protect those unalienable rights. It is perhaps, I'm not a historian, but I would venture to guess that it is the first time in history that a civilization was founded on that ideal. And America has been progressing and growing in that ideal for 240 years. And the progress isn't going to be stopped. The process isn't going to be stopped. I mean the progress. Now, let's come back to this. If you believe in democracy, then you believe every... Every life matters. If you believe every life matters. If you believe every life matters. If you believe in the democratic process. Then you have to come to terms with the diversity that is in our country. Instead of demonizing an AOC. I'm thankful. That we have an AOC. that has a voice and a significant voice in our government, that has a voice that's being heard in our government. And here's why. Because I love America. And she represents a segment of people that I don't know. I don't know what their struggles are. 
I don't know what they deal with on a daily basis. I don't know what they believe. I don't know what their values are. But because I believe in America, I believe that they should have representation. And I believe they should have a voice. So I thank God for an AOC. I thank God for a Bernie Sanders. Because I know there are a lot of people that feel very strongly aligned with his principles. And he's representing the people. See, that here's the thing, guys. Government of the people, by the people, for the people means that our representatives need to be reflecting our voice. Our representatives need to be reflecting our voices. There needs to be more AOCs. There needs to be more diversity in the House of Representatives. There needs to be more diversity in the Senate. And thank God and we have the first woman, female vice president. Ah, woman of color. That reminds me. One thing I forgot to say. The China flu. Because see, in the first election, the enemy was Hispanic. In this election, he needed the Hispanic vote, and he wasn't going to remind you that he didn't get the wall bill, and that Mexico didn't pay for it. See, you, he lied to you, gang. You, you bought it. You bought. You bought it. You signed and paid for it, and you have to reckon with that. Or just go on being hateful and bitter. Because you have turned into, let me tell you something, the conservative movement and the religious right has turned into a, the, the, the greatest symbol of bitterness and complaining and hate I have ever seen in my life. And I want nothing to do with that. But he needed to find, to run the Hitler playbook, which he was running, he needed to find another group of people to create anger at. And he thought he could do it with the Chinese. So, the China flu. This is China's fault. China, 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 China. It had nothing to do with China. And you guys were so dumb. You guys were so dumb that, that, that you were, were upset at Nancy Pelosi for going to Chinatown during a pandemic. Like, the one trophy your guy could put on the shelf in the pandemic was, well, I closed down China before when people told me I shouldn't. Well, great. Good for you. Good for you. There's a murderer waiting outside, but I closed the front door, but I left the back door wide open. So the xenophobia that he was trying was with the Chinese. And so Nancy Pelosi was going down there into uh, Chinatown, because guess what, gang? They're Americans. They're created equal. They have the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. They do. And they were being impacted because uneducated folk, when the coronavirus started to come to America, quit going to Chinese restaurants and eating Chinese food. Uneducated folk, I, I was on the campus at our university and I work in the health clinic and we had a student come in who was Asian and said, can I have a mask please to put over my face? <clears throat> We said, why are you having symptoms? Do you, you know, why do you need a mask? He says, because my friends quit talking to me and nobody on campus will talk to me because I'm Asian. They're afraid of me. And I think if I have a mask on, they'll feel safer around me and they'll talk to me. And then you've got your president, your guy, standing up there and encouraging the China flu, the China flu. This is China's fault. Mad at Nancy Pelosi because she was in Chinatown? Gang, the, 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 the virus was still in China. 
So if she's in Chinatown, that's not being irresponsible. That is no higher level thinking at all. That's just downright stupidity and ignorance. And you've been played and you've been bought and, and you need to take a look in the mirror and check your heart because maybe you've got more racism than you think. Maybe white America, your uh, uh, ancestors' genes are waking up in all of this. Maybe you could be duped by an Adolf Hitler type president or leader. <clears throat> we have a very close Asian friend that works in uh, <clears throat> has to serve customers. And every time someone would come in wearing a Donald Trump hat, wearing a Make America Great Again shirt, she would start trembling because she thought they were going to get loud, yell at her, mistreat her, or perhaps even be violent with her. And she would ask someone else to wait on them. That's your fellow American. Okay. That's the level of intimidation that this president and you, by your support for him and by your loud voice, have put on our fellow brothers and sisters who are not like us. That's the level of intimidation that you have created by your movement upon African Americans, upon many Hispanics back in 2016, although they forgot. Uh, a lot of them went Latino for Trump because they forgot about that apparently. But in 2016, I had Mexican American friends who were scared. Asian people in our country are scared of your president going around calling it the China flu. They're scared of you. Is that what you want? You want to be known? Oh, and you're, you're the Christian group. Aren't you supposed to be known for love and compassion? Aren't you, isn't America supposed to be known for welcoming in the, the strangers? That's right here in this town, gang. And then some of you are so far off your rocker that you think there's some evil conspiracy. I feel sorry for you. I feel sorry for you because you live in a horrible world. You live in a horrible world of pedophiles, of pedophilia rings. You live in a horrible world where people in power just on the other side are corrupt. You live in a world where somebody like Donald Trump who has no human decency at all, whose primary campaign strategy was xenophobia and name calling, Sleepy Joe, Fake news, CNN. I feel sorry for you. You live in a country, you believe you woke up to a country where your whole way of life is going to go away. I mean, I'm seeing shit on Facebook. They're going to come take away your guns. You know, thank you, all of you that voted for Biden, uh, you know, when, when you aren't making any money and you lose your jobs and unemployment. Guys, come on. That's never happened with a transition. Usually you know darn well that the president that gets elected is riding the coattails of the president that went before him and that's how it should be. And this economy, while I will give Donald Trump credit for the economy on certain things that he accomplished, the, the thriving economy was riding on the coattails of the Obama-Biden administration that had corrected a recession that they inherited. And Biden is going to be riding 
the coattails of whatever this president did. And let's hope it gets better. See, what I'm trying to tell you is, if you realize you've been played, if you could just realize you've been played, if you could just realize you believe a lie, the QAnon stuff has been completely discredited and is less accurate than Jeannie Dixon ever thought about being. Less accurate than your own. You, you got a better chance of reading your horoscope in the newspaper and having something happen in your day that goes along with what you read in your newspaper. I guess we don't do that anymore, but you read it online. You got a better chance of that happening and being accurate. <clears throat> you got a better chance of, of uh, throwing a dart at something and hitting it than QAnon's been correct. And I feel sorry for you because you QAnon followers, you're, you're gone. You're gone. You're, you're, you're mentally gone. You're mentally checked out. You have a shared delusional disorder and it's infecting America. And I, I feel really bad for you because the mass arrests aren't going to happen. Hillary's not going to jail. Barack Obama's not going to jail. But here's what I feel the, the worst for you. You have a rotten view of your fellow Americans. You have a rotten view of humanity. You have a very evil, dark view of this world because you've been brainwashed and manipulated and poisoned in your mind. And the more invested you are, and I know this from waking up in my own sort of religious delusions, the more invested you are in Q, the more hopeful you were in Donald Trump or whoever the next savior is going to be. You're going to be let down again and again and again in the disillusionment and the pain that you're going to experience. I feel sorry for you, but here's the thing. Here's why I feel super sorry for you, because it's all a lie. It's all a lie. So life's going to go on. You're responsible and capable and empowered to make positive changes in your own life. Quit being played. Let's celebrate America in all of its colors. Let's celebrate America in all of its diversity. Let's love our neighbors, especially the ones that don't look like us, especially the ones that don't think like us, especially the ones that don't act like us. Get yourself educated. Listen to one another. Together, we don't have to make America great again. And I know there's people that are so disenfranchised. Hear this. If, if you're a conservative, I want you to hear this. There are people so disenfranchised that when they hear make America great again, their immediate response is America was never great. That ought to concern us. That group ought to have a voice. They ought to be part of our concerns. For me, for me, for me. What I've witnessed, even the way the process has played out in the last four years, I don't think we need to make America great again. I do think we need to come together. I do think especially conservatives have a day of reckoning and need to examine themselves. And I'm not giving you a pass because I had to do the same thing. I had to do the same thing. Let me say this last thing. Let me say this last thing. A lot of you say you could get behind the center 
Democratic Party, but the reason you see the Democrats as evil is you see them responsible for killing babies. You see them responsible for abortion. And I understand that argument. And I understand the argument people say, well, never vote or give my support to someone who supports abortion. Do me a favor. Do yourself a favor. Instead of just blindly following that, research it. Because abortion is as old as time. Abortion was far more common in the Greco-Roman world of Jesus' day. Far more common than it is today. And yet the Bible is silent about that issue. In America, when Roe v. Wade was passed, the church, the Christian church, supported it. There was no moral outrage because they were living with abortion. Abortion was a common thing. I've seen statistics that if you go back, you know, to the 30s, 40s, whatever, I forget the decades, it's not in front of me, as many as one-third or one-fourth of pregnancies were aborted. So they praised Roe v. Wade because it was a safer option than what was going on in other places. Southern Baptist Convention, the the guy that led the Southern Baptists, I mean, you don't get more pro-life than the Southern Baptists, said he believed it was a good thing that a woman had a right to choose and that um, a baby was not an individual until the umbilical cord was cut and that it was the best thing for the future, best thing for women and best thing for the future. So how did the pro-life movement, how did this become, how did we get here with this one issue? I'm going to tell you exactly how. When America started to break down segregation and black students were being integrated into white schools, it was the Christian, the white Christians in America who were saying this is against God. Um, they would use the scripture in Acts that God had separated everybody, all the nations out. They, they really genuinely believed that desegregation was ungodly, or so they said. So the whole homeschool movement, private Christian school movement, was because they didn't want their white children going to school with black children. Now that's just a historical fact. Until the Supreme Court stepped in and said, unless you open your universities like Bob Jones University, unless you open your schools to be integrated and not discriminate by the color of someone's skin, we are going to take away your tax incentives. We're going to take away your, uh, uh, what is it called, Uh, your exemptions. So the founder of the Heritage Foundation, <clears throat> Jerry, uh, I think it was Jerry, Jerry Falwell. I think it was Jerry Falwell, founder of the. He wasn't, but I'm just telling you the coalition here. And then one other guy, I forget his name. They got together and they said, "We have to change this. We cannot have our white children going to school with black children. So we need to find an issue that is not a religious issue, but that we can create the perception that it is a great moral issue." so that we can turn out the votes 
and they formed the moral majority because their idea was if we get a moral if we get people together around a moral issue and we can get a moral majority in this country we can reverse the desegregation and we can put those you know the word because it's on record back where they belong so be pro life if you want to but understand the pro life movement was born not out of moral outrage at abortion it was born out of racial outrage because of desegregation so again until we deal with the race issue until we deal with the race issue in this country because this is what it boils down to really deeply and profoundly deal with the race issue we will never be able to achieve a society where all people are created equal. Come on, gang, come on. All people are created equal. All people should have a voice. You should thank God for an AOC and a Bernie Sanders, and not because you share their ideology, but because they have a seat at the table. At the end of the day, if it's going to be, it's up to me. If it's going to be, it's up to you. At the end of the day, if you don't make your life better, if you don't contribute to your neighbors, if you don't get out of your box, your, your boxes, and get around people that aren't like you and learn their cultures. I'm going to tell you something. My life is so enriched because I have a very diverse friend group right now. Some of you live in a very tiny world where most of your conversations center around you're complaining about what the government is. You, 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 you sit with your group that looks like you and thinks like you and complain. When you have the opportunity to get out of that box, open your heart, meet people that are different than you, get to understand cultures that are different than yours. Because at the end of the day, if it's going to be, it's up to me. If it's going to be, it's up to you. Make your life better. Take responsibility for your life. Make different decisions. Feel empowered. If they raise your taxes, so what? Go make more money. Figure out a way to make more money. Figure out a way to bring in multiple streams of income. And I don't give you a pass because I've had to do that. I've had to work really hard in my life to get to where I am and bringing in multiple streams of income and whatever. So anyway, I've gone on way too long, longer than I wanted to. I hope this helps some of you. If you're mad at me, good. If you're mad at me, good. Because this is an issue of human decency. And we all need a gut check right now. And we all need to take a look in the mirror. God bless you.